don't want a lot for podcasts There is just one pod I need oh, wow. And I don't want a lot of podcasts You gotta go faster the podcast you gotta go faster Just want you for my cast All that you could ever pod Make my pod come cast mm-hmm. All I want for podcasts Are you rushing or were you dragging? Hello and welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture Christmas cast. Uh huh. Here on this December Eve. Um, our actual Christmas episode will be out next week, but I just want us to get in the spirit, guys. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard this year to feel the Christmas spirit with the pandemic and, you know, movies not being as as out of we would want them to be in this time of year so nothing like a little mariah carey butchering yeah Yeah, well i hope that next week you do attempt to hit the high notes (laughs) or just the notes period (laughs) you're you're right though about how lacking we are and like you know like the hallmark style movies are coming out to streaming and everything but like i want like a like a uh why him you remember that movie oh true is that a christmas movie <laughs> yeah that yeah, was a christmas time movie it. i want i want that or i want like daddy's home too i mean even like uh uh last christmas that came out last year mm. uh you know oh the yeah i don't even yeah, that, 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 that movie or i want that kevin hart brian cranston movie where he's pushing kevin hart's pushing mm. brian cranston around a wheelchair <laughs> that's definitely not I, a christmas movie so fun, i think that is there was just a snowy time of year that means it's christmas <laughs> <laughs> fun fact about last christmas um my sister heather friend of the podcast texted me like two weeks ago it's just like hunter i just saw last christmas the ending blew my mind <laughs> oh wow and it's like because because he yeah, literally it, gave it, it, he gave her his heart. heart. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it's like to almost the show. like maybe you shouldn't make a movie based off of a song lyric. I don't know. Welcome to the show, We Bought a Mic, a Pop Culture that, Podcast. I'm sorry, is that true? <laughs> it's true. Are you <laughs> shitting me? What, that the movie is literally about that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's literally about the song there, This last was a Christmas. whole thing last year. It was like a joke thing, and then that ended up being right, <laughs> that that was the movie. Did, start- did she give it away the very next day? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's no, I think that I think that she donates his her heart to him like you gave me your heart metaphorically and then i gave it away back to you um okay. it's a heart transplant wait wasn't it i never saw this movie <laughs> what know. wasn't it that like what the fuck he's like haunting her because he's dead from his heart transplant and, Paul and he's like a geek directed this <laughs> yes, I know. isn't he like a ghost i'm looking up the plot now why did um, anyone do this <laughs> Amelia Clark Amelia and Henry Clark Golding yeah. and Emma Thompson. I don't understand. I they thought they had a hit. <laughs> they were like, "Yo, we're we're shooing in the big bucks here, featuring the music of George Michael and Wham." <laughs> That's on the poster. This is a this is a really bad way to start the podcast <laughs> this year to save me from tears. I'll Uh-oh. give it to We Bought a Mic, <sighs> a pop culture podcast okay. here. I'm Ernest. I am still reading the Wikipedia of Last Christmas, Hunter. Uh, I'm Drew. 
uh, I'm not in a skimble mood. So, okay. So basically, so Kate, Amelia Clark, uh, realizes that Tom was, I guess, the love interest. I'm skipping all through this kind of thing. He was an organ donor whose heart she received. And that's why she's, she's getting these like hallucinations of his spirit. So they don't know each other. I guess they're just connected by the organ, the heart donation. That sucks. (laughs) That's literally John Mulaney's like really old stand up bit about how Jerry Orbach donated his eyes, the guy from Law and Order. Yeah, and like yeah. Yeah, there, he, he made up a rom com about two people who each got one of his eyes like meeting because they see a dead body and they both make a funny remark. This is literally a like a 12 year old Mulaney bit. I, I guess we should watch this movie. All right. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I guess the verdict is uh, we're pivoting on our Christmas app. We're it's making the list. Of we're um, we're gonna need more beer for that one. This episode of We Bought a Mic is brought to you by Blue Moon Mango Wheat. Pretty good. Um, yeah. The official drunk driving beer of the Ringer.com. Oh, <laughs> when there's nothing else to do at home, grab a Blue Moon and go drive around with a six pack. Listen, yeah. it, chug it every time people come over to my house before the quarantine. I have a bunch of beer in my fridge, and they always go for the blue moon. Yeah, I, you go over when I was a kid. I, I would go to people's houses. They had a blue moon. I'd be like, "Wow, that's a blue moon." <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Bill? Okay. How about have them uh, more than once in a blue moon? <laughs> yeah, I also like how they do um the the their copy for Heineken like this for two months now has just been like, uh, you should check out the Heineken Winter Brew. It's not any different beer. It's just regular old Heineken. <laughs> it's good anytime. Yeah. Like uh, that is just a fucking. You, you hey, guess what? Low effort. I'm not getting. I got my brother socks last year, <laughs> and I got him socks three years ago. This year, I'm getting him a six pack of beer. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting beer. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to see under the tree. Your Christmas party, and they're like beer. I'd just be like, cool. So you stopped at a gas station on the way yeah. here. Hey, I got thanks you, for your thought, bro. Instead of that air fryer, I got you seventy two beers. <laughs> <laughs> What's that present that's been sitting under the tree for four days? Oh, it's a lukewarm Heineken. Mm, hey, bud, you mind if I uh, have one of those if you're if you're busting them out now? Or man, this is a great start to the pod. Let's see. We had Ernest singing Mariah Carey. We bought a mic. We recapped the plot of the movie Last Christmas, and now we're just riffing on the Ringer Podcast Network. We're riffing on Blue Moon, which yeah. this mango wheat is. It is good. I like it. It's very it's refreshing. Tough. Um. If you do work for the ringer.com, um, you will be okay if you get a DUI because of your ad Yeah, reads. but you will not be okay if you unionize. <laughs> so don't fucking try. Oh, do not try. Anyway, please buy us out. <laughs> please. Please. I don't care. I won't join a union. You can kick the Sean Fantasy and Chris Ryan off. Like, I don't, yeah, I'll do pay that. you to be on the ringer. <laughs> Speaking of unionizing... Um, we have some news today to start off the show mm-hmm. with a big corporation um, that m- probably will not want their um, people to their employees to unionize <laughs> announcing a uh, absolutely obscene um, explicit amount of hashtag content. The Walt Disney Corporation had their uh, investor day which is now something that happens in the world for people to see. Um, they, they did, what, like a four-hour live stream where they just yes. bragged about how big Disney Plus has gotten mm-hmm. and their plans for um, putting out movies and TV shows in the coming years, um, mainly on Disney Plus. 
but also throwing a bone to the feeders. Yeah. Here's we're, a bone for you, feeders. We're entering a phase of reality when we're like shareholder meetings are like E3 now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, you are I, right. There, that's perfect. There's like a game conification of everything. Yeah, like they're going to end up being like Coachella. <laughs> I watched most of this investor day thing and I felt like I was descending into the depths of hell. Yeah. I, I, I could not believe myself. I felt like a fucking psychopath. I, I did too, because I found out that all my favorite creators are going to be tied up in st- two like stupid fucking universes for the next 50 years. Yeah. So that like is Mulaney a and Sandberg doing Chippendale. That's fine. That's like, get you, that money. Yeah. And that's also like, not, you know, that's its own universe at least like Chippendale is just, I must like a standalone thing. They're ah, not, they're I not, don't know. they're, they're not gonna... meeting up with Grogu. Are they? <laughs> they're going to tie that into the Fuck, Grogu universe. <laughs> um, the, the biggest things, I mean, there's a bunch of Pixar stuff that we could talk about. So 52 but... total things were announced during this press that's conference. Insane. Like they just had to flex on everybody and say like, Hey, I know that you had to file for bankruptcy this year, but we're doing better than ever. And even though our parks have been closed for forever and we just laid off hundreds of thousands of employees. Um, so yeah, well, the sad to, thing well, is to that point, I feel like, the pandemic is still raging. It's like worse than it's been. So this to me read like, forget everybody, forget about the state of our world and our country. I, just, I did consume a, branded content. I just had a thought like while watching this, like maybe we could do without armor wars and you could <laughs> hold on to some of your employees. Like, I don't know. Like maybe. Like, I, I, I mean, my thought was I don't think we're ever going to see armor wars. <laughs> I think civilization will have c- crumbled into itself by the time that is supposed we'll to be come fighting out. in the armor wars. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know about the gear wars. Um, no. So kind of the sad thing of this is like that there is some cool shit that come out of all of this. Like there is some stuff they are kind of they're, they're planning things so that it's a genius marketing move by them is that they're announcing so many things that are all coming out back to back to back to back to each other on Disney plus that people never unsubscribe, which is all that they're wanting to do. They don't want you to just come around Mandalorian just finished up. We're going to talk about that later. They don't want you to cancel your subscription now because WandaVision's coming in two weeks. And then after that, we have all this other shit that's popping up on there. And I mean, I was kind of hard out on a lot of the things, but some of the projects did pique my interest. Am I going to watch all of this stuff? Hell no. Absolutely not. I mean, it's going to be I'm not going to watch the three animated uh, Star Wars shows. Like, I don't really care. Um, you say that now, but I don't know. I feel like you might watch it. I no, I'm not. I I can only handle so much Star Wars content. Mm. I'm not. I'm not that much of, a, of not, a fanboy. There's not going to be enough time to watch all of. They this. want this. Well, I mean, they're trying to turn Disney into Netflix. It's just every Friday you come and see. There are people out there. I've worked with several of them. That they are people who turn on Netflix every Friday. And they're like, what's the new Netflix thing? What does Netflix tell me that I will like? And they watch it and they usually like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Loki looks like it could be really good. Yes. Owen Wilson up in there. Wow. Yeah. The premise of the show is fucking insane, too. It's just like Loki is at a prison that where the 
overlookers like yeah they watch over every timeline i do like how weird marvel is getting like let's just go fucking full comic booky like i don't i don't care especially with the tv show um go full hard sci-fi ant-man and the wasp quantum mania i okay. anybody okay uh hawkeye our boy that's for you jeremy I'm- renner is that going to be a, a jeremy renner app exclusive yeah it's it's I think it's gonna be like in quarantine like shot and directed by Jeremy Renner mm. starring Jeremy Renner yes it's a scored it, by Jeremy Renner yeah it's a Jeremy Renner premiere access joint you have to subscribe to the Jeremy Renner app and then pay an additional thirty dollars to um, per episode the the one thing that kind of pissed me off the most about this is like they're still making Black Panther two and and it just I just can't help but picture like. Ryan Coogler sobbing over his laptop, thinking about his dead friend, and Kevin Feige's like, "Look, dude, if you want thirty million dollars, like you gotta work, you gotta make this movie." And he's like, "Dude, my friend is fucking dead from cancer." You think it? Uh, you think they pivot and it stars Letitia Wright? I don't. I just. D- Sure, I think but, I think that has to because they announced that they're not going to recast Black Panther, which thank God they're not going to recast him or bring him back to the dead. I just I just think VFX. they should just like postpone that movie for like five years at least. Mm. It's it's so fresh that death. It's Every, like like that's but that's I think going to draw a lot of people to see because it'll be like a eulogy for him. Like, yeah, if they do it right, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not expecting it to be, uh, <laughs> you know, thoughtful. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, like, it's, it's a put thought into it, but I don't expect it to be like a proper way to honor the It's dead. a consumerist product. Yeah, it is a product. Yeah. I mean, you guys are right about how fresh it was. I was playing uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and I beat the campaign. And at the end of the credits, there's a whole tribute to chadwick boseman mm-hmm. and like it got me choked up because yeah. i was like fuck like i almost forget like that he's gone and now uh uh my rainy's um the new netflix movie that his gonna just be came is out. swan song just came out uh john watts is making spider or um well yeah he's making spider-man but uh fantastic four yep. officially announced that's cool i like john I, Watts. we don't have any cast info do we not yet mm-hmm. but i just hope that they they hey, get it right harry could be I, your cast. Mm-hmm. I think you never know. I think that this is going. I have high hopes for um, Fantastic Four, even if I am kind of hesitant to dive all the way in on the next phase of MCU because Fantastic Four is Kevin Feige's baby. Yeah, he bought Marvel with the plans to eventually get Fantastic Four. Like this was his favorite comic line. This is the one that he always wanted. So um, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Seems like it could be fun. I I feel like <sighs> that seems like it could be like the best way to approach this type of like overload is mm-hmm. to make something like silly. Oh, like that. that. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that for sure. You know, yeah, I'd rather James Gunn. I'd rather see that than like She Hulk or whatever. You know, like a lot of this just seems like filler. Um, Star Wars also announced a bunch of shit, yeah. which I can't even I I can't even think of like any of them off the top of my head i know there's an asaka asaka one coming there's an asaka one there the big one was obi-wan kenobi yeah which is gonna return ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen yeah um that one could be cool i think the only one i know you've been waiting patiently for that one for the return Um, of hayden christensen (laughs) i think Uh, the the only one that's stuck out to me as like something that could genuinely be like 
pretty creatively interesting is the one by Leslie Headland, Acolyte. Oh yeah, about the High Republic. Yeah, I mean that's Leslie cool. Headland. Like, like I'm, I'm into that. Russian Doll is amazing. That's, so if they let her do something weird like that, it's gonna be good. Those were so the main two that stood out to me that I was like, I'm, I'm in on these. I want to see that is higher is uh, the Acolyte, which is about the High Republic area era of Star Wars, because I think that that could be. A lot more cool and contained of a story in the Star Wars universe. That's kind of one of the things that Mando is good at uh, whenever it shines. Is that it's just kind of a character study more than anything else. And Rogue Squadron, uh, made by Patty yes. Jenkins. That she announcement said, video was The announcement amazing. video is insane. Like, so I missed this whole thing because I was on a plane uh, while this was all happening. And I didn't have cell service at this cabin in the woods where I was staying at. And I finally got Wi-Fi and I had like... 300 messages from our group chat talking about all the things that got announced and i was like i'll just deal with it later but went back and i watched the announcement and the fact that she said i want to make the greatest air pilot movie ever made and it's like star wars rogue squadron i take that with a little grain of salt but i do trust yeah i trust patty jenkins to make top gun in space like that sounds fucking dope father yeah who was an actual fighter pilot i mean that's fucking dope um so we haven't gotten to the biggest announcement yet which is Lightyear starring Chris Evans who is playing not not the character Buzz Lightyear no 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 no, he's playing the person that the toy Buzz Lightyear is so so what they're saying is he's playing an astronaut (laughs) right but but the whole thing is in Toy Story they're like you are a toy (laughs) like it's that he's not a real person I mean, Chris Chris Evans' uh, tweet is like should be framed in a museum where he's yeah. like, just, just so we're clarify. Yeah, <laughs> let this me be clear. The, this is the human, not the toy. Uh, I'm playing Buzz Lightyear, but I not, am not the animated. But <laughs> I mean, this is proof that we live in a simulation that is imploding. That is on that is as, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't, I know. I think that this could as potential be bad. This is a like, 30 very rock bad. idea. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally a 30 rock bit. I mean, most of the stuff announced here is worthy of just being a 30 rock bit. Like it's not it's not real. Like life yeah. isn't real. We live in the matrix. Mm-hmm. This is all just computers just I pinging just, off of each other. I just did like this really lengthy like you know, fake intellectual research paper about uh this philosopher Jean Baudrillard. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, 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 he he wrote this big treatise called uh, Simulacra and Simulations, and it's all about how we, at a certain point in our society, the, everything is a version of a, like a past reality. And not only that, sometimes the simulation now at this point comes before the actual thing comes. For example, the like the Gulf War, they just said it was happening and then it happened because they said it was. <laughs> Uh, that's how I feel when I read news like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like this is all just like, like this was, it was almost announced by the internet in some cases, like all the fucking prequel shit that they're, they're, you know, whipping out. That was, that was almost determined by people who have nothing to do, like they, who do not even work for Disney. And it's stuff, it's stuff that hasn't even started being worked on yet like they just have an idea and a logo and that's it i I mean granted some of them you know we did see some footage for some stuff and obviously the the animated stuff has to be in some sort of pre-vis production or pre-production or whatever 
So a lot of a lot of this stuff is going to happen, but most of it just seems like it's not real. Like it, yeah. they just said a thing and it's like, oh, OK, well, I guess that'll come out in 2024. Yeah, Maybe. Like, I, don't know, I don't know. Is that a year? We'll see what happens with the country over the next couple of months. Um, yeah, I. There's a couple big takeaways that I had of it. Oh, the other um, big one that I wanted to give a shout to that I am excited for is Noah Hawley making an alien show. Yeah, so there was um, a whole Hulu FX section, yeah. which is just to add on to the pile of Disney just yeah. full on cracking uh leviathan beast devouring everything oh oh another one speaking of because i was gonna say atlanta got renewed for season three and four um and i think that they're also said they're making a lando show which it's unclear whether it's going to be donald glover no mention of donald glover yeah or like it's unclear what that's going to be it's also unclear if it's going to be live action it could just be an animated thing i don't think they, uh, they they said um but one of the big takeaways from this is that while Disney can't afford, they're still insisting that Black Widow is coming to theaters next year. They are. Um, that they are not putting that movie onto streaming service. So they know they have a control on theaters, but most of these projects are TV shows and they're just bolstering that Disney plus library. And I think that they realize that they can afford to have a few like huge movies every year that will get butts in seats. Disney can do that unlike any other corporation. But if anything has happened from this year, it's that they did learn that there is a huge audience for people that do just want to stay at home and they want long form storytelling. They want television. I think one of the biggest takeaways from this whole thing is just to tie into like the next thing you put on the outline with what HBO Max did with releasing, saying that they're going to release all their movies, uh, all of the Warner Brothers movies on HBO Max. There were so many instances during this Disney investor thing where like, um, like for example, they had a little behind the scenes making of the, the Cassian Andor prequel (laughs) series uh, starring Diego Luna. And Drew, aren't you, didn't you always, you kept saying, I really wish that there was more rogue one content. I'm mad about this because they took my idea. <laughs> I I said this on I think like four pods in a row like two years ago. We need a Cassian Endor prequel series. We need a Cassian Endor prequel series. But they they had people working on this show um saying like, yeah, we're building all these sets, we're making all these costumes and weapons, and the scale of it is equal to a feature film. And there are multiple instances where that phrase, that sort of same idea kept being repeated, where these people that are making the thing, there's no difference as to whether it's going to end up in a movie theater or mm. on a streaming service. Yeah, It's just on their end of things, it's the same. And that really kind of like made a light go off in my brain as to like, oh, of course it's all the same. Mm-hmm. There is no separating it. Mm-hmm. And and Disney understands that. And they're just letting it all fall into itself. Yeah. So when they say that they're putting Black Widow out in theaters or they're putting, uh, you know, whatever Pixar movie out in theaters or whatever, that they're just like, again, just throwing a yeah. bone to the theaters. Mm-hmm. There's no like real investment in, in doing so. Mm-hmm. Maybe... Maybe on the financial side, they do have like a real 
breakdown of like, okay, we're not at a point where Disney Plus subscriptions will equal the billion dollars that we could make from Shang-Chi or from Thor Love and Thunder, you know? It's just not going to equal. But to the people making it, there's no difference. Yeah, well, I mean, there is a bunch of stuff because, I mean, I guess we can use this as a transition to HBO Max. Um, And really the huge fallout that has come uh, in the past weeks since they announced... Denis Christopher Nolan went on a whole bashing spree, which now it looks like he's jumping ship and going to Universal, which I did want to mention something about that because Christopher Nolan is like a special breed in that he is a very classical Hollywood director and that like Warner Brothers has been his studio for the past 20 years. That's not really a thing that happens anymore. I mean, we just did Mank and Citizen Kane the last couple weeks. And it was a big deal for RCA to just give um, Orson Welles just like you have creative right. Like we own the next few movies. We will produce anything that you make. But and that was a thing for all of them, for Mankiewicz and for all these writers and directors back in the day. But that doesn't really happen anymore. Now you get more kind of fluctuation with writers and directors that they'll go to a Netflix gig and then they'll come over here and they'll put out something for um uh, universal or something and then jump to disney like they'll do whatever they can hop around more but it is interesting that he is now trying to butter up universal by saying like yeah you know i'm a big fan of fast and furious especially tokyo drift <laughs> like what are you talking sure, chris. chris what are you talking about make your movies i'm a big fan more of coherent. money and i don't know like he, maybe he truly does care about the theater experience if you're trying to uh outrun the future good luck uh, people are going to watch their shit at home. I'm sorry. This is yeah. happening right now. Uh, most people would rather sit on their phone right now and watch TikToks than go to a movie. That's how culture works in this moment. So you can fight that all you want or you can adapt. And yes, Chris Nolan, I am telling you to make a TikTok account. <laughs> I would see I would see it. I would That's make a great. TikTok account. He made a, he remember he made that fucking Verizon commercial? He he was on he Fortnite. He was on Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I do I do want to shout out Denis Villeneuve's piece um mm-hmm. that he wrote. I think it was on the Hollywood Reporter. Um and he he put it really well. Like I understand that there is a um oh it was on Variety. That's what I thought. Yeah, um there is a side of this where it's just like, okay, this is a millionaires versus billionaires argument that doesn't concern us. So what's the fucking point in us caring about it? You know, the all this guy wants is his payday for his big movie. But if you read his his little piece that, that he published on Variety, he does word it in a really good way. And I can just read directly from it. I strongly believe the future of cinema will be on the big screen, no matter what any Wall Street dilettante says. Since the dawn of time, humans have deeply needed communal storytelling experiences. Cinema on the big screen is more than a business. It is an art form that brings people together, celebrating humanity, enhancing our empathy for one another. It's one of the very last artistic in-person collective experiences we share as human beings. Once the pandemic is over, theaters will be filled again with movie lovers. 
That is my strong belief. They not already, because they already weren't. Not because the but movie industry for, needs it, but because we humans need cinema as a collective experience. Yeah. So there will be movie theaters always. Like mm. they will be open, and they the big movies will always be there. But the question to me is, do you want people to be talking about movies? Do you want movies to be important to culture? Because the big ones always will be, but the small ones won't be if they're only in theaters. They literally won't. They aren't and they will not. They need to be streaming. Unless that's where people watch shit. But 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 there is there is and there is a word of mouth thing that happens. Like think about Parasite last year. Parasite was a small movie, but then more and more people started talking about it. And they just got like non like that doesn't happen though. That happened to the Oscar winner for Best Picture. That happened ninety-nine percent of small movies like that, no one gives a fuck about. People don't care about movies anymore. They don't talk about them. They don't give a shit. They know they care about Marvel and Star Wars. Yes, that's I think that's all true, but I think that one of the things that's 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 being lost and that it's just an unfortunate fallout of the pandemic is that like the magic of sitting in a theater with other human beings is part of what makes it good. It's not just about the movie. Mm. The movie, if a movie is good, think about like there's plenty of movies this year that we've seen in isolation and quarantine that can captivate you and that can transport you that can happen in a theater and it can happen at home, but it's nothing like sitting amongst other beings and, and your brains, you know, all we're all fucking skulls with brains in them sitting together in, in these, in these rooms for two hours, all hearing and watching the same thing. And the electricity that goes off of all of these brains sitting in close proximity to each other, that's something that can only happen in the movie theater. Yeah. And that's what is being lost. And I mean, and to that point, and I think that Denis does put it really well in his thing is that about touching into why movies are important for that communal aspect because movie theaters will still exist even outside of and this is it's going to be on a smaller scale i mean it's that's just a fact of the matter is that we're going to get no like lesser and lesser and lesser mid-budget movies it's either going to be really small movies or high budget movies that know that they can turn a profit that was happening before all of this but there's still going to be people who look at the movie theater as like oh this is a date night spot or this is a spot where I just go to hang out with my friends the same way you would go to a bowling alley or something like that. Like, that's just kind of a thing that you do to be together with other people. And that's going to exist because, I mean, there's still people out there. They're just like, uh, what's out? Uh, oh, there's a new uh, Hellboy movie. I'll go see that. Like something like not even anything big or small or people want to go. out. I mean, we can talk about the death of rom-coms on a different episode and how Netflix has kind of tried to take over that thing, but rom-coms and theaters, a lot of them were still profitable because it was a thing that both of them could just kind of, both members of a couple could kind of go to and just be like, oh yeah, I saw it, it was 90 minutes, I had a good time, and I left. Well, speaking of everything going to the small screen, let's get into ketchup. Because that's where everything's happening yeah, right now. So I've been watching some quibbies. Uh, <laughs> you got it? Yeah, you, got you, well, you reinvested in them. You got them back off. If you, you got them out of bankruptcy. I, I have a bootleg renter app that has a backdoor into Quibi. <laughs> there you go. That's how Jesus you do Christ. it. <laughs> you have to like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, 
jailbreak your phone. So speaking of, um, you brought up Noah Hawley doing Alien on FX. I just watched uh, the end of Fargo season four on FX. Um, Chris Rock. I brought it up a little while ago when I started the season. Um, it also features Jason Schwartzman, Jesse didn't, Buckley. No, when you when you brought it up, didn't weren't you lower on it? Yeah, so that's that's the 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 main point here is that it it ended up being kind of a disappointment. I I do think that people will enjoy it if you go into it um kind of wanting more of like a vibe, just like a character sort of vibe. Um the thing with Fargo is that you need that plot. You need that story, you need that that happenstance of crime and idiots and and circumstance kind of befalling these people and there is some of that but not enough to like really make me care enough and i kept waiting for it to get to that episode where it was like boom here it is here is where it gets good uh-huh. and it never really did and just kind of fizzled out and it wasn't bad it's like well made yeah, and well acted I, yeah you know there's gonna be craft in it but. but it just it just didn't work for me and it, and it makes me kind of worried about this alien uh show because Does apparently Holly, uh, run out of gas apparently his movie lucy, yeah, in, the sky lucy in the sky is, is awful is awful yeah but i'm wondering if he's kind of transitioning into a new type of writer because it seems like he's getting more tone heavy in his last couple exactly. projects well which that i mean that's fine i'm all about a good tonal show but if it's done right Legion, if it's done badly uh, then no. season three went all in on tone like t- two was like very much on the way there and then mm-hmm. three was like we're just gonna go full it's into like vibe. <laughs> weirdo mode and you know sometimes you need plot you need a story <laughs> you need like something to follow and like care about when when these characters are, are moving through something that's that's happening and there is something happening here it is a crime story there is like some intrigue and some mystery but it's not really like the main point of the show um it does have its good moments i like Tim- timothy oliphant um there's this one guy who plays like a stuttering cop that was really good. Um, sort of like an OCD sort of stuttering guy. He was really good. Uh, ben Wishaw was good. So good performances. Uh, good sort of set dressing of this like 1950s era Kansas City. But I just didn't. It didn't really click for me overall. So sadly disappointed in Fargo season four. I'll still watch season five if he ever makes it. Just because, you know, I, I'm always holding out hope. I love the first few seasons of Fargo and Legion, I think the guy had a hot streak that may be fizzling out. So I, please don't we'll tell see. me that before the alien TV show. I need this alien TV show. I'm like almost worried that I'm going to set myself up for disappointment because this is something that's been rumored for like 20 years mm-hmm. and they were just looking around for the right creator and they finally found it in Noah Hawley. And I just, I hope that the show is, good so bad because there's so many ways that they could do it like i think that if you make prometheus a tv show i think that it works i think that it could kick ass as a tv show the problem that most people have with it is that it's a movie and so it doesn't all work because it's a lot of exposition all the time 
Uh, so the next thing I watched is I crushed through all of industry on HBO. I've heard great things um, about the show. Yeah, that's why I watched it because the guys from The Watch are like so hot on it. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll give it a shot. It starts out pretty slow. First couple eps are just like, okay, this is kind of standard stuff. But it really does pick up. And around like episode four, episode five, it does sort of take a turn and get really, really good, especially because the first few episodes, um, blue moon burp, <laughs> you sound like Hunter. <laughs> the first, yeah, I took a gas X before the pot. I'm ready to go today. The first few episodes, um, are all in, well, not all in, but kind of all in on this like setting of this sort of stock trading sort of thing these 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 graduate students are working to g- secure a permanent job at this stock trading firm and it's like really like kind of focusing on on the logistics of that not all the way in but enough to be kind of a little off-putting and then these characters are like pretty unlikable you know, they're they're partying, they're drinking, they're doing drugs, they're very horny and fucking each other. And it's just like, do I really need to watch this? Like, what what's the point here? And then after a couple episodes, they nut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after after the, the eighth titty shot, finally, it all starts to make sense. <laughs> um, you you start to kind of peel back the layers of these characters and see that the drug use and the gratuitous sex and nudity, there is like a little bit more of a, of a philosophical side to the show, seeing like how broken these people are and how much they rely on their promiscuous behavior and drug use and substance abuse to kind of cover up for the, uh, you know, sort of gaps that they have in their personalities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So can't relate. <laughs> it it it, mm-hmm. it does make for some pretty compelling television, and I just kind of plowed through the last few episodes. I don't think it's going to make my top ten of the year because I feel like this year is very crowded for TV because I've watched a lot, and I just don't think it makes the cut. But I do think it is kind of worth the hype. I do think it's a little bit overhyped, but I also think that like Chris Ryan is like very into shit like this where they're just like, yeah, bro, let's fucking crush some numbers, man. Let's let's undersell the fucking SMP or whatever. Um, (laughs) And it's just like a lot of that is not very compelling. But when the show is about the characters and about their shortcomings and the stuff that makes them flawed and human. It's really good. It's really well done. So it's only eight episodes. I recommend it. Um, Is it it's 30 minutes. No, they're hour, hour, they're hour long episodes. It's industry on HBO. Um, okay. So I got a few things. I'm going to burn through them real quick. Uh, the first is a movie from 2020. Um, it's a movie called sound of metal. Uh, I, as soon as this popped up in my radar, I was like, I want to see this. I know. Really I'm bad. Gonna, I know I'm going to love this movie. And it's been in like on, cold for a while or it just it's kind of been like in the can for a while yeah it's kind of just been like stuck in limbo i think but now it's on prime for like a year yeah it was supposed to come out like almost a year ago at this point but 
I'm glad that's out now. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Like this is, Ooh. it is so good. It follows um, Riz Ahmed, who is a heavy metal drummer who loses his hearing. Um, and it kind of just goes through that perspective. I don't want to say too much about this movie because I really want you guys to watch it and experience it the same way I did. Um, a lot of this movie is without dialogue and it all just fucking works. Like this is some of the best sound design that I've heard in a movie in years. I love Riz Ahmed. I so do I. I'm a huge, huge Riz Ahmed guy. It's uh directed by Darius Martyr, uh, which the only other real credit that he has to his name was he wrote The Place Beyond the Pines, which I know you're a big fan of, Ernest. Yep. Um movie. me as well. But I absolutely love this movie. It's kind of the perfect prime movie, like just to be on there because it is very small. Um, don't get me wrong. I am very happy that I had this movie with a sound bar at my home and stuff Oof, like that because drumming. it's well, so there's not as much drumming, but it's more so like the silence and the humming that you get. Like, I mean, we all, the three of us have all of the experience playing music and stuff like that and you know after you play music for a long time and you just have that ringing in your ear it's literally it's just tinnitus like it's just a form of tinnitus that you're getting in your ears and so um my only hesitation watching this movie is that uh going deaf is like one of my greatest fears in life because i listen to everything very loudly and i already my hearing is not the best um same but this movie is fucking incredible. I absolutely, absolutely love this movie. Highly recommend it to you guys. Maybe we could do a full app um, in a few weeks. Wow, you guys box see this. office. Hey, $5,595. There you oh, go. All at uh, drive-ins and stuff like that. LFG, baby. Look at that. Um, the other thing is another show that I'm only about halfway through right now, but it's probably going to make my top 10 of the year. And that is I May Destroy You on HBO. Yeah, we, we should have watched this a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm going exactly. to have to cram this shit. Yeah, well, the like, thing is, okay, why haven't we watched this I have this good yet? news for you. It's so easy to watch. It's 30-minute episodes. They're all 30-minute, eight episodes, oh. all on HBO Max 12. right now. It's 12, 12 episodes. 12 episodes, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so easy to watch. I burned through uh, the first five in one night. Um, and then I was like, I need to pace myself with this show because it's really fucking good. It's... Shares a lot of DNA with Fleabag, actually, where it's like kind of funny, but like the more you dive into things, the more serious it gets, especially like it's a little bit darker and more sinister at its core than Fleabag was. Um, Not quite as introspective, but it's so, 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 so good. Um, Michaela Cole, who's the star of it, uh, is masterful. The basic premise, what happens in episode one is... Um, she is a writer who gets famous on Twitter, um, and then publishes a book, uh, and like has a huge Twitter following and everything, but she's still trying to figure out the whole novel writing side of things. Cause it's very different being a Twitter writer and actually writing a book. No, it's um, not. It's actually, I'm, yeah. I'm a novel writer. I know. Well, you're working on your memoir right now. So yeah. yeah so and you it can just says like, back in on that. uh, Swans is just ducks with big necks. It's 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 just your drafts. It's just yeah. your Twitter drafts. Little Romeo um, did Tower Seven. <laughs> That's like the the cover of it. Um, yeah. But so episode one uh, happens where she goes out to a club. Uh, she's having fun, drinking. She does lots of drugs and everything else like that. 
and her drink gets spiked and she gets sexually assaulted. And then the show is kind of grappling with that fact and stuff like that. And like there are still it's not as heavy as that might have made it sound to be. There's definitely very heavy moments, but there is also room for levity uh, in the show. And it's great. Like it is just it's blown me away watching it. Not to mention the look of this show is just beautiful beautiful shout out to Michaela Cole who as I said starred and also wrote the entire show she is great um one other thing that I know Ernest watched as well uh we talked about it I think a little bit last episode because I think it was just, just about brought to come up out. the just the show I think that's all I brought up okay just me watching euphoria in a in a run I'd like burned through the whole season well we don't do a list of our favorite episodes of television of the year but uh if we did then i think that this would just be number one on my list um dude this was so good it's euphoria put out a special episode that is just uh star of the show zendaya rue in a diner talking to her sponsor for an hour and it is some of the most thrilling and engaging writing that i have ever like listened to in my life like as i said they're just in a diner talking for an hour and i felt like i like i was exhausted afterwards i felt like i went through a therapy session while watching it like it's like my dinner with andre watching yeah like watching you should watch euphoria i mean euphoria is a fucking incredible show but watch it just for this episode because my god like it is so picturesque perfect it's just one of the best things that i've seen and so coleman long. domingo gives one of the best yeah. performances i've seen this year he knocks it out of the park he had been tearing up yes multiple times and he delivers some of the best gems of dialogue that are honestly like just deep therapeutic messages um that that dig into like addiction and 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 just human complexity and like emotional trauma just so so unbelievable oh my god i was floored by this episode it it's, just it was unbel- it, it was so good it's so unreal good. like sam levinson i just like i don't know how this dude like just kind of came up out of nowhere. Of course, he like his father made Rain Man. Like he does come from a good background, but like you are just born into being like this get naturally gifted of a writer. Like it's just it's almost like unfair how it's just like yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and just write the most engaging episode of television in years, engaging piece of hour long television in years, and it's just gonna be two people sitting at a diner talking. It's so fucking good. It was all done in quarantine, too, with COVID protocols on set. Um, And there's going to be another one in January centered on the uh, Hunter Schaefer character, Mm -hmm. Jules. Yeah. So I will love to see that. That's going to be great. Can't wait for that. Um, And then one other thing I just wanted to talk about quickly. Um, we, uh, we talked about whenever we did our Avatar The Last Airbender special episode a few months ago that we were going to do a, a, f- a little funny ep about uh, The Last Airbender movie directed M. by M. the Night guy Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I watched this movie on my own, and uh, it's not worth the our time. The whole thing? I watched, so 
We were talking off mic, and I think that we both quit at exactly the same point in this movie. I got about an hour in, which is over halfway. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself that I did that much. It's a 90 minute movie. So the thing is that it's a movie that first you watch in the first like 20 minutes, you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be like a really good, bad movie. Like I'm, I'm all in on this. Like, yeah, the effects look awful. The acting is horrendous. I'm in, this will be fun. And then you realize like, oh, like this movie isn't fun. This movie's like really bad boring there's terrible there's no dialogue in this movie it's literally like no natural dialogue it's every line that somebody gives is exposition yeah like it it blew my mind that people could just constantly be pouring exposition into every single word of dialogue well you know it's going to be bad from the beginning where it's just a bunch of text on screen that is explaining the world where the show has this beautiful opening sequence that's so colorful and so just like immersive that gets you into the world immediately. And then with this movie, it's just like text on screen. And right away I was like, oh, God damn it. This sucks. So and they're getting on. They're getting on out of the ice. And it's just like. Oh, <laughs> kill me. One fun fact. My favorite fun Tom fact Ong. about this uh, movie, aside from everything else, is that the guy who plays uh, Ong, as he is known in the movie, uh, Noah Ringer, um, had he is not an actor. What happened? He was cast because M. Night Shyamalan went to children uh, performing mixed martial arts and he saw an Asian kid with a bald head and was like, you're going to be... Ong in The Last Airbender. The the worst. I could not believe. Like, it blew my mind whenever I was reading that. The worst thing about this movie is the bending. Like, every time there was a bending scene, I was like, I need to die right now because it just looks awful. In the show, the bending flows and and, and the, the powers are an extension of their movement. Right. In this movie, it's like they do a bunch of fucking hand wavy and flips and shit and then like something shoots out of them randomly it's also it was i was laughing this was at the part when i was still having a fun time because there's a part pretty early on they also do a thing that sucks where they're just like let's recreate episodes of the tv show in the next 90 seconds where they're like it would be an actual like a thing that happened in the tv show but they're like we got to bang this out real quick because we're on a 90 minute schedule um but there was one thing when they're like going through the Earth Kingdom and all this stuff. And there's like 12 dudes who like do this elaborate dance and everything else. And like, huh, huh. and then like a one by one foot rock just like raises out of the air and like flows ever so slightly it's, through the sky. Uh, it's beyond awful. It's beyond looking bad. It's soulless. Yeah. Like this whole project feels so depraved in the worst possible way. I I despise this movie. Like it it made me it, it made me laugh, then it made me angry, and then it made me just so indifferent that I could not even finish the runtime. Same. I did skip ahead to the very end because oh, I was yeah. like, I want to see what the end looks like, the climactic battle. Yeah, they don't do the the Mononoke monster. No, they ran out of budget uh, on that one. It's <laughs> on just like a, it's just like a big budget. wave. Yeah, it's just like a big wave that. Uh, Ang becomes and then it just kind of ends and then they set up to a sequel that they had to know was just never gonna come. That sounds pretty good. 
Um, Terrible. It's it's all, like it's not fun. Bad. That's the problem. Is that like I wish that it was worse. I like I wish it was less coherent. I had more fun watching um, Dragon Ball, that god awful movie that also has a lot of the same problems as the Last Airbender. Because at least it was like it was enough action throughout that you could enjoy how bad it was. But this was just just boring mm. bad. Just the worst kind of bad. It's like. All the right, middle, the middle out. third, the middle third of Cats Bad. When you're like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah, you're like, this song is not even memorable, and yeah. I don't know what's happening. Like, we've had enough Rebel After Wilson the, scenes yeah, during the first third of Cats. Like, you're still like just gleeful about everything. The second third, you start to think about the fact that you like drove out to the theater. Yeah. And but then Skimble Shanks brings it home to carry it back in that last half. So yeah, just yeah, the whole end. You're like, you know what? This was worth it. And you go on a whole hero's journey watching cats. <laughs> the movie doesn't really depict one at all. <laughs> um, McCavity, McCavity. <laughs> How come that wasn't on the new Taylor Swift album, huh? She could have just tacked it on as a bonus track. Yeah, that's a good point. There's no one Tom like Hooper was McCavity. just like, no, I'm saving it for my own album that I'm putting out. It, it really would have fit in too on her album. It really would have. They could have stripped it down, made it yeah. like very moody and serene. Um, yeah, make Phoebe Bridgers cover McCavity because that's all. Go. That's apparently what Taylor Swift wants desperately to be now. Yeah, it's just Phoebe Bridgers. Oh. Well. We were going to talk Mandalorian, but we're out of time. So we're just going to we'll wrap it up here. Week. We'll do that no, on a bonus set. No, it was so bad. What a show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, share the pod. Thanks to all the donors for donating. We love you. Stick around. We got a small axe uh, review coming at you. We got an Oscar episode coming at you. Mm-hmm. We got Wonder Woman 84, Soul, and then our big old Listomania is here. Best of the year around the corner. Yeah, and I just, I only have to watch and listen to 700 things before then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. totally Technically 30. You can watch or listen 30 things and then you have enough to make a list. That's true. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.